Very good. Thank you, guys. Love the song. I don't know if y'all have listened to any of this week. Let's say this way. <clears throat> I know when I was your age, uh, that was not going to be on my playlist. Um, but I would encourage you, all right, I'm encouraging you, uh, don't do as I did. Uh, that doesn't make it right. Uh, so, man, I pray that you're downloading these songs, that you're trying to make the most of uh, this time you have at home to grow. Oop, don't do that. To grow in your faith um, and take this time. And guys, listen, right now, you, you've got little worries, all right? Um, most of you in this room, it, isn't that beautiful? I love that. That's so peaceful. Do y'all feel peace? No, I'm joking. All right, so um, what you need to realize, though, hey, while you, while you have little worries, okay, you've got no payments, you've got very little payments, um, why would not be this time to learn how to study your word? Learn how to, how man, you ready? How, how to fall in love with your word, with the word of God, so that, hey, you ready? So when you do start coming under those pressures of life, and they should be coming, all right, that, it, that then you've already got a habit in to studying God's word, and therefore, you ready? Everything will come after that. Everything will come after that, instead of everything coming before that. So I really hope that you're in the Word. Uh, tonight, what I want you to do is I want to take your Bibles. Uh, we want to go to the book of 2 Corinthians. Go figure. Uh, and as you go to the book of 2 Corinthians, what I want to do, uh, last week, uh, I've already said this on Sunday night. Uh, yes, Joshua, that was very nerdy. All right? Um, and I, I agree 100%. Um, nerdy indeed. But listen, you ready? Uh, I do believe it's needed. All right? I, I do believe it's something that everyone in this room that you should have been appreciative of. Because why? If you're claiming to be a believer, if you're claiming to be a believer, man, you, listen, you ought to be thankful that there's someone in front of you that's not just feeding you fluff and stuff and that they're trying to teach you, guide you in how to study God's Word. So yes, it was nerdy. That was the word he used. Uh, but I will tell you, hey, you ready? I enjoyed it. Uh, because again, it just helps verify or it helps to bring some, some, um, some confirmation in the way you, wait a minute, I study the same way. That's pretty cool. Uh, I don't use the same apps, but I, I do a lot of what he is doing. And it helps to say, hey, I'm not too far off then, am I? So I hope that you got something out of that. Uh, tonight, what I want to do is I want to kind of do the same thing. But uh, there was a word that got, I got caught up on. Uh, and... It's been about two weeks that I got caught up on that word. Whoo, boy, that's small. Let's see if I can blow that jewel up. Uh, right here somewhere, there's a little thing. Uh, no, not there. Not there. Oh, that's just crazy. I can't see it. Oh, yeah, I can see it now. Okay, hold on a second. It didn't do this to me on the, in the mornings. Oh, here we go. Do it this way. Do it this way. J. Oh, that was stupid. That was not smart, Pastor Scott. Oh, come on. Get me out of here. Oh, well, whatever. I just not going to let me out of here. Ah! I did. I hit escape. I hit escape like three times, y'all. All right, here we go. Oh, here we go. Uh, back. Oh, that was dumb. All right, here we go. Watch this. I know how to fix this. All right. That was dumb. We won't even do that. All right, so 
I use Blue Letter Bible. I love it. I love Blue Letter Bible. It's a free one. Uh, and it's got the interlinear on it to where uh, you can go and you can do what he was talking about. Um, it's got um, a lot of good study helps on it. But the word that I got to in 2 Corinthians was in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 in verse 1. It said this. It said, From Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to, now notice this, to the church of God that is in Corinth. Do you see the words there? It's to the church, and it's the church that is in Corinth. And so what we have here is we have a word, it's going to be the word church, that I was like, wait a minute, we went all through the book of 1 Corinthians, and I know we spoke on it one night about the importance of that, of that word church. And as you look at that word church, I looked up the definitions for it because that's what I was taught last Wednesday night to do. And one of the definitions for that word, ecclesia, if I'm saying that word correctly, uh, as, am I saying that correctly? Thank you, sir. And so if, if I'm saying that correctly, here's the list of definitions that would go with that one word, the word church. Okay, now listen to it. It says this. It's a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place or an assembly. All right. An assembly of people uh, convened at the public place of the council for the purpose of the um, for deliberating the assembly of the Israelites, any gathering of throng of men assembled by chance um, or in a Christian sense. Now, here we go. In a Christian sense, it's an assembly of Christians gathered for worship in a religious meeting. Yeah, that's that's here. This is not by chance. This is not. No, there's no chances with God. God, everything is is of order. OK, so therefore, yes, we're talking about an assembly of Christians gathered for worship in a religious meeting. It's also another definition would be a company of Christians or of those who hoping to eternal uh, for eternal salvation through Jesus Christ observe their own religious rites. We do hold their own religious meetings. We do and manage their own affairs according to the regulations prescribed for the body for the for order's sake. For order's sake. Those who anywhere in a city, village, constitute such a company are united in one body. That is not. Or the whole body of Christians scattered throughout the earth. Now that one may be. So, so have you heard people talk about the universal church? How uh, everyone that is a believer in Jesus Christ, everyone is a believer. And by everyone that is a believer, there is this thing called the universal church. All right, The church worldwide. Everyone that is under that of being the bride of Christ. That being the church. Okay, If you go all the way back to Matthew, and in, 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 in the book of Matthew, Matthew, uh, Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, on this rock I'll build the church. And there what he's talking about is he's not talking about like the church of Corinth or the church of Galatia or the church of Ephesus or the church in Colossae or the church in Thessalonica. What he was saying there, it was more of a universal aspect. And that is, is that it was the church. All right. From that of the time of Christ, his, his, his return or his, his resurrection to that of the time of his coming back. That church. And what happens is, as you go through the book of First and Second Corinthians, that definition for church is only used one or two times. Only one or two times. 
The definition or the word that is used, the definition for it used for that of 1st and 2nd Corinthians is more of this one. You ready? A company of Christians or of those who hoping for eternal salvation through Jesus Christ observe their own religious rites, hold their own religious meetings, manage their own affairs according to regulations prescribed for the body for order's sake. And so in that being said... That means that you and I, I think, we need to have a proper understanding of the word church. What is church? Well, church is not this building. All right? It used to be when I was a kid growing up, they'd be like, don't you be running through the church. That's, that's just sacrilegious. You know, the church, the church. This is God's house. Well, no, it really ain't. Um, this is not God's house. This is a building that's been set aside for the church to come to. We, the people, we're the church. The people is the church. This is just a building. And what happens is, is we are a body of believers, okay, that have come together to fit jointly together. We'll see that here in a minute. And in that, in that body of believers, we have all come to the recognition of this, of this one thing, that He is Christ and He is the only way. So, so, so if you're a believer, listen to me, in this room, there's two types of people. There's those of you that are lost and there are those of you that are believers, all right? And if you are a believer, as a believer, you would have been baptized. If you're here at South River Baptist Church, you would have been baptized in that of, of, of the recognition of uh, going through that of, of one of the two things, that of baptism, of that of the Lord's Supper. And that's two of the sacraments. So therefore, by Jesus, he's commanded, do as I do. So therefore, it's an outward sign or an outward show of saying, hey, I am a follower of Christ. But in also, it means that you and I are baptized in that of the membership of the local body. And so therefore, you and I, we, if you were baptized here, then therefore you would be a member of that of South River Baptist Church. Now in that membership, all right, you ready? That's where I'm not sure that people really see the value or they take lightly that of what I just said. And that is of the membership. A lot of people today, there's probably about three different types of people that want to argue about this thing called church. And in that argument, they would be either, as Alistair Begg would say, either they are the debaters, they're the ones that want to debate and say, yeah, but the word membership is not in the Bible. Fair enough. The word membership is not in the Bible. But nor is the word trinity. So if the word, if we're going to go on words because there's not a word in the Bible, then therefore, because the word Trinity is not in the Bible, then therefore there not, it must not be three in one, and therefore there must not be the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But there is, there is, there is overwhelming inference of that of the Trinity. We know in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, let us go down and make man in our image. We know it's a Tower of Babel. It says, let's go down and let's, and let's see what they are doing. All right, We see the Trinity. We see it at the baptism of Jesus. We see that there's a Trinity. There the three is one. The same is so with that of church membership. And the same is so in the fact that, you ready? As you get into that of those letters, you've got the book of Acts. That's the church history. You've got the book of Acts. You've got Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. 
You've got, hey, you ready? You've got, you, you've got the book of Revelation, the first three chapters. You've got, hey, you ready? The book of James. Now, while the book of James is written to a group of people, it still would be that of considered to that of people of, of the faith, of that of the church. And so all through those, there is inferences or there is references to that of a church membership. I read where Costahin made this comment. He says this, he says, over 50, one another passages is found in the book of New Testament or in, in the passage of the, of the New Testament. And they give explicit reason to believe that membership is much more than just attending a gathering or counting down the minutes to your lunch reservation. There is over 50 references of one another found in that of our New Testament. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor Scott? Well, let's just read them real quick, and I'll give you the Scripture reference to them. Because what happens is, is in these one another's, it shows that there is, there is a body that is fit jointly together. Number one, you would find this in Romans chapter 13 and verse 8, that we are to love one another. You'll find also, and in that reference, you're going to find also it's speaking of that of a body of believers found in Romans chapter 12. You'll find also in Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another. But if you read back in Romans chapter 12, and you start in like verses 3, 4, 5, and 6, it's talking about these body parts and how these body parts are fit jointly together. It'd be kind of like this. Remember the whole eye story that I used in Sunday school quite often? And that is this, if I pluck my eyeball out, and I take my eyeball, because right now it works, right? And it, it looks good, right? It doesn't look dead. But if you take that eyeball and you pluck it away from your eye, and I go put it in my office, next week we could all go in and we can look at my eyeball laying there that's been, that's been pulled, up, pulled away from that of my body. And what we would find is that that eyeball, of itself, it ain't going to make it. And what happens is, is the Bible that's over and over speaking of this one another, love one another. Hey, you ready? It says this, it says, live in harmony with one another. There's another one another statement. Bear one another's burdens. That's in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. How can we bear one another's burdens if we don't know who it is that we're bearing? And how do we know how to bear it? Teach one another. That's Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, Costi said this. He says, Hebrews 10.25 says, meet with one another. It's talking about how we're to gather together in a body of believers. And if we see that the days are coming to an end, then even the more so. Why? Well, remember, uh, during COVID, it would have been our encouragement that we continue on. Because really, okay, fine. If it was the great pandemic and it was the end of times, that would have been the time even more so for the body to come together and to, are you ready? And to encourage one another, to help carry one another's burdens, to help be there for one another, guide each other, give wisdom to each other. We also see in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 that we're to forgive one another. We see also in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, we see that we're to build one another up. We see also in James chapter 5 and verse 16 that we're to confess to one another. Hey, you ready? I don't ride down the road down in, in like we live over, we live over in a country club, but we live on the ghetto side. And so, um, so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't roll down my window, all right, and just begin to confess my sins as I'm riding down the road, all right? Nor do I go into Walmart and go, hi, everyone. 
I'm Pastor Scott, and I want to confess my... No, the Bible would speak very, very plainly in the fact that we are to confess our sins to one another, and that one another in the context of that of the church, a church body. A church body that is fit, that is fitly joined together, that is joined together properly. He says also in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5, here's another one, that we're to be humble towards one another. I thought all of those one another statements was amazing. You're welcome to come up and take a picture of this or you can have it after I get done. But he, he ends his argument or he ends his conversation, Costi does, with a quote that came from Tim Boel. Boel, I'm going to say his name the best I can, B-O-A-L. And this is what he says about the church. You say, what's the big deal about the church, Pastor Scott? Well, I will tell you that you're ready, that your generation, all right, up to like the 30s, all right, the, 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 thir- the, year, the age of 30, they do not see any value in that of the church, of committing to the church. They're, they have a lack of commitment is what they have. And what happens is, is I, is I even read some articles where they kind of compared it to that of, of, of that of marriage. And how marriage has went from being to where there was a time where uh, marriage within the church was held very, sac- was very sacred. And that a, a, a marriage between a husband and a wife was seen as, as no option of divorce. And that you ready? And that you were committed, committed to one another until, until death do you part. Now in the church, they say that the divorce rate is higher in the church than it is in that of the world. But that's because the world's not getting married. They're just living together. There's no commitment. Here's another way that you can see commitment. If you go to your schools and you see people that will begin a sport, they'll begin, let's say, the sport of volleyball. They'll, they'll come for three or four practices. They might come for one game, and then they just kind of disappear. And that's because they tell mom and dad, mom and dad, you know what, I don't want to play that sport no more. And you know what mom and dad does? Well, honey, you don't need to go back. And so therefore, we're, we're, not, we're not encouraging the commitment, nor do you see that the commitment is even needed. Commitment is a very difficult thing because why? Because you're growing up in a time, all right, that is very individualist. Like it's very, in, you're very, you're, you're on your own. It's me, me, me. It's what are you going to do for me? It's all about the individual. And what happens is, is people in the church, I watched uh, Alistair Begg today, people in the church, what they do is they, they're sitting in the church pew. Number one, they're not committed. Number two, they complain, and so therefore they begin to complain about the music, or they say, well, the reason why I'm not going to stay is because there's hypocrites in the church, or the reason why I'm not going to stay. And so therefore, by their lack of commitment, then therefore what do they do? They pack up and go to the next church. And what happens here in the church of Corinth, we go back to where we're at, Paul is writing this letter to a body of believers, and when they stand up to read this letter to to the church of Corinth, and they're standing, they're reading it to them. He's reading it to the people that are, yes, that are there, committed, that are faithful followers, members within that church. And man, remember we heard multiple times already in the book of 2 Corinthians that there was this one that was written to them that really upset them. That yeah, it made them mad. It upset them. And Paul was upset that they were upset. Not for the fact that he told them the truth. It's just that he hurt because they were upset. And so what happens is, guys, is when we look at these words in the Bible, what we've got to be careful with is we've got to make sure that we have a proper understanding. Tim Bowles says this. 
He said, there are many in these postmodern times who say they love Jesus, but they don't like his church. Can you love one another without the other? The answer is an emphatic no. And we'll read it again. There are many in these postmodern times who say they love Jesus, but they don't like his church. Can you love one without the other? The answer is an emphatic no. The church is the bride of Christ. That's a big deal. We are his bride. And one day, you ready? He's coming back to take his bride. He told the boys, he says, hey, listen, I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And be sure, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again. And right now, we're just waiting for that come back again. Who's he coming back for? For the church. Who's he coming back for? The church. Those that have put their faith in him, that have been baptized, and that have been, listen, you ready? Plugged in, serving, committed, in a local body. You say, Pastor Scott, how do we know that? I'll show you. He says this. He says, she is going, the bride, she is going to marry him one, someday. And the husbands can be quite jealous. If you're going to serve Christ, you will have to serve his people. To, res- to represent him well, that's Christ, you will have to love them. That may mean swallowing your pride. And for a lot of people today, that is why they will not. Me and Tammy was having a conversation right before this took place. I won't tell you what the conversation was. But I will say this, you ready? That the issue that came up, the reason why this was happening, pride. And what happens is, guys, as we read in the Bible, the Bible would tell me that pride goes before the, the fall. That's right, yeah. And so what I did is I went on a journey because of that one word, church, the church, the church. I went through my Bible and I went through every, every, every letter that Paul wrote. And you can write, you can see at the beginning of those letters, to the church, to the church, to the church. So he was writing his letters to a, to a group of people and it was intended for those people. It'd be kind of like this. If I wrote a letter today, and my letter that I wrote to was, Pastor, was to Pastor Chris. And what I did is I came in and I said, okay, guys, listen, I wrote a letter today and I wrote my letter to Pastor Chris. And so what I want to do is I want to read it to you, Toby. And Toby would go, well, why are you reading me a letter to Pastor Chris? This ain't none of my business. You've addressed it to Pastor Chris. You should be reading that to Pastor Chris. And what happens is, is as you see these letters and you see the purpose behind that, what I did is I'm like, okay, fine. So I went and I listened to two sermons, all right? I will, really, I've got about six done, but two is what I got. One would be done by John MacArthur. Another one would be done, done by John Piper. You can go find them on YouTube. Does church membership matter? And I think it does in the context of a study in First and Second Corinthians. Because listen to me, in a minute we're going to see it. I'm doing good. In a minute, we're going to see why it matters. And what happens is, is in this this arena, John Piper and John MacArthur, both of them, and along with Paul Washer, and along with Alistair Begg, and along with another dude that I didn't even know his name, but I loved his sermon. All of these gentlemen were preaching a sermon, and every one of them, all, all of the articles that I read online, they all came up with the same things. And here we go. 
So here's you four biblical reasons why church membership matters. It matters. Membership is implied by the way we do church discipline. That's the first one. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Remember, my boy Paul, as he was writing to the book of 1 Corinthians and 2nd, not my boy, I take that away. Uh, remember when Paul was writing those letters to 1st and 2nd Corinthians, there was some discipline that was, that was laid out there within that, within 1st Corinthians. And we're going to see that. But what happens is, is Jesus himself, he lays out the proper way for church discipline to take place within the church. Now listen to me. How can you do discipline to someone that don't belong to you? Hold on a second. There was a time when I grew up that my aunt could rip me up and my aunt could take me out and my aunt could wear my hind end out and I'd come back in and then you know what I'd do? I'd get home and my daddy would wear my hind end out. There was a time when that was okay. But it was still frowned upon. Today, nope. The one that's going to be doing the discipline is the one that you belong to. And you can find that all through the scriptures. Listen to what the Bible says. Jesus says these words. Mine's not in red. It's just because I don't have one of those Bibles. But it says this in verse 15. If your brother, there's a big deal. That means a believer. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault. When the two of you are alone, if he listens to you, you have regained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two of others with you. So that at the testimony of two or three witnesses, every matter may be established. Now watch these words. If he refuses, that's the one that was in verse 15 that you went to. If he refuses, that brother, to listen to them, tell it to the who? I guess to the universal church. And so what we do is we're going to tell this fault and we're, we're discipline someone. And what we're going to do is we're just going to broadcast it on Facebook, I guess. Or we'll broadcast it on Instagram and we're going to broadcast this brother's fault. And then hold on a second. But then it says, you ready? That we're going to tell it to the church, and if he refuses to listen to the church, treat him like a Gentile or a tax collector. You cast him out of your church. If you can cast someone out, that means that they were in at one time. Now, I love what John Piper says. John Piper says, now look, that list can either be a list in your head, or that can be a list that you've written down. Either way... There's a list because there's discipline and this person is being removed or this person is being brought in. There's an assumption of a membership because how can you be removed something that you're not a member of? I mean, that's, that's where I'm going to go with it. Did you see them dudes that were fishing? They were part of like that bass tournament and, and they were fishing for these stripers and as they was fishing for the stripers... They had won a couple of big tournaments. And somebody started hollering out, check the fish, check the fish, check the fish. And when they checked the fish, they started cutting them fish open and they were pulling big old weights, lead weights out of their belt. So what they'd do is they'd catch them fish and drop them lead weights down into, their, down into the body of them fish. And then when they went to go weigh the fish, man, them dudes got some whompers, son. And that day they were cast out of that, of that membership. Because they were a part of that membership. And you see that take place, guys, when you go over to 1 Corinthians. We've already studied this, but we're going to go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. What's what takes place in 1 Corinthians chapter 5? 1 Corinthians chapter 5 in verse 12. Here's how it takes place. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 
Again, we're talking about membership is implied by the way that we do church discipline and by the way now we do excommunication. You, you excommunicate someone. Watch what he does. And this is Paul writing to the church of Corinth who we're talking about and studying about. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 12, For what do I have to do with the judging of those outside? Are you not to judge those inside? And what, what he's talking about is if you look right above that, he says, I wrote to you in my letter, verse 9, not to associate with sexually immoral people. In no way did I gain immoral people of this world or the greedy or the swindlers, the idolaters, since you would not, since you would then have to go into the world. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who calls himself a Christian who is sexually immoral or greedy or idolater. And he's talking about the brother that they've asked that Paul says, listen, I know there's a guy there. And that guy married his daddy's wife. I mean, his stepmom. And that's wrong. And because of that, what, I need, what you need to do, you need to remove him from your fellowship if he's not willing to repent of his sin. Cast him out to the devil. He doesn't lose his salvation. That's not what it's saying. What it is, though, is that we do believe that inside the church, that's pretty cool stuff here, that, that inside the church... That is the body of Christ. This is the body of believers. When you cast them out, that's 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, that it is the God of this world, the little G-O-D. You're casting them out of the care. Hoping that He will repent. And we know that that takes place because when it does, you go over to 2 Corinthians, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, watch what happens. You, you, you remove someone from your membership, you bring someone back. Watch what He does here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5. Let's go there. But if anyone is called sadness, he, uh, he is not sad in me alone, but to some extent he has saddened us all well. This punishment on such an individual by the majority is enough for him. So that now instead you should rather forgive and comfort him. This will keep him from being overwhelmed by the aggressive grief and the point of despair. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. And for this reason also I wrote to you to test you to see if you are obedient in everything. Hey, this one that was removed through, from your membership, from that of your body, what I want you to do is I want you to go back and get them. Hey, come back, man. We want you to be. Why? Well, because we, hey, we, we miss you. Guys, listen to me. There's something about the body of Christ. All I've ever known is church. All I've ever known is a Baptist church. This one's not. There's something about a body of Christ that is just, that, that is just inviting, it's welcoming, it's, it's, you find comfort in it, that's both encouragement, and that's also the comfort that you and I need. There's a part about bearing one another's burdens, there's a part about just having someone to lean on. There's, that, that's good. Hey, remember when I first got here, and there was a young person, we went down to the lake, and we was having our 4th of July, and I was up there on the edge, and you guys were down next to the water. None of y'all, I think everybody was great, all them people are gone. That's crazy to think. But anyway, so all of them were down next to the water. And I'm talking to this young man, and this is what he says. That's what I want right there. And I'm going, that group of thugs, that, you're crazy, man. You don't know them people like I know them people. And I didn't say that. What I did say is I said, listen, man, you can come and you can join. You can be a part. And, and you ready? He was longing to be a part of something like that. He wanted to be a part of something like that. 
And that something like that would have been a, a group of students, all right, that belong to a local church that you ready? That is wanting to invite others in to show them that love, that comfort that is needed. Those that are believers. They're not a believer, they need to be saved. And so we see then that in, in, in that of membership, membership is implied by the way we do church discipline and the way we excommunicate. Another one would be this, the way that we submit to leaders within the church. Watch Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. Big passage. It's a big deal. I love this. I heard multiple people speak on this verse. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, it says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them. All right. So therefore, you must, you must submit yourself to a, to a higher leadership, that being the pastor, whether you're a part of another type of church that maybe it's an elder, but you're, you're, you're to submit yourself to that of authority. Hebrews 13 verse 17, for they keep watch over your souls and will give an account for their work. Let them do this with joy and not with complaints, for this would be no advantage for you. So that means, listen, you ready? When it's all said and done, one day I will give an account for y'all. One day I will give an account for what I've done, for what I've not done. And it's good for me to know who, who are you ready? Who I'm going to be giving an account for. Because think about it for a second. On any given Sunday morning, we have multiple visitors that come to that of South River Baptist Church. You mean to tell me that we have to believe that my pastor is going to be responsible for everyone that's a believer that comes into our church? That's, that's, that's crazy. No, my pastor will be responsible for the ones that is within his flock. And listen to me, a flock is plural. That means there's more than one. There's a body of people that has come under his authority. And he is the one that is responsible for making sure that the flock is being taken care of. And I assure you that a shepherd knows his flock. But I promise you that Johnny down the road, he has a hundred head of cattle that I promise you he's not responsible for Billy's hundred head of cattle that's across the road. He's only responsible for the cattle that is within his fence. And what takes place here is in the writing of Hebrews. Then you can go over. We're not going to go there for time's sake, but you go to first Thessalonians, you can write it down. Verses five or chapter 5, verses 12 through 13, it speaks of the same type of language to that of the people of Thessalonica. It says this, shepherds are required to care for a flock. So if you go to Acts chapter 20, go to Acts 20 and I'll show you what it means. That's the third one. You've got memberships implied by the way we do church discipline and the way we do excommunication. How we bring people out... How we remove people, how we bring people in. And then not only through that, membership is implied through the way we submit to leaders in the church. Membership is implied by the way we shepherd, uh, the way the shepherds are required to care for a flock. Watch what he does. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. I'm turning with you. Acts chapter 20 says this. Acts chapter 20 in verse 28 says these words. I tell you what, let's start in verse, uh, verse 25. And now I know that none of you, verse 25, chapter 20, none of you among, among whom I have sent, uh, went around proclaiming the kingdom will see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of you all. For I did not hold back from announcing to you the whole purpose of God. Watch, watch this. 
Watch out for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. That's why on Sunday mornings when the pastor says, hey, and if there's anyone that the Spirit of God is leading you to come and join the body, this body of believers, please come, come, let's join. Lock arms with us, not to sit in a pew. That is not what we need. You're locking arms with us so that you and I together can go out and we can do great things for the Lord. I promise you, listen to me. If you're a believer and you're a believer and you're a believer and you're a believer, if everyone in this room is a believer, we know they're not, but if we all were, we all have certain spiritual gifts that God has given to us. And some crazy thing about it is I promise you all of us together would never go on vacation together. But I will tell you this, God has brought us all together, all the weirdness, all of the craziness, all of the stuff that make no sense, and He's fit us jointly together for one cause, and that is to proclaim the gospel. To go forth with the gospel. Not to come just on a Sunday morning and fill a church pew. That's not church membership. That's church attendance. Not just to come and just to fill a pew and to say that I'm a part of South River. No. Listen, membership is more than that. And that's why when he addressed the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, and he addressed the other churches, that's why when he read the letters to those people, it mattered to them. Because there was a time where church membership, it mattered within the community. Not so that you can flaunt, I am a member of the First Baptist Church. No, that's not what it's about. I'm a part of a body of believers that I know, you ready? I know the ones that work with me and serve with me. You know what, y'all? We, we do all that we can. and we're, we're moving forward to proclaim the name of Jesus. You ready? To grow young people to do what? To be in the Word, study the Word, so that one day I, some old man or some old woman can hand off the baton to you and say, hey, listen, I'm here to support you. I need you to carry the water. So we see in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, that there is this thing of called an overseer, and there is this thing about watching over the flock. And flock is plural. There's not one there. We see also that in, we're not going to turn there, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 2. And then lastly, all right, we see that the membership is implied because of the way the body, the body is suggested. There's a suggestion of that of the body. So you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Watch what happens here. You start bringing in the members of one body. Remember, there's no such, no such thing as long-ranger Christianity. I'm going to tell you a quote in a minute, and it's by Paul Washer. And when I make this quote, in some circles, this quote is going to be very offensive. But it's biblical. Watch what happens here. You ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is also, if you want to do a cross-reference to Romans chapter 12, and starts verses 1 and on to like verse 12. He says this in verse 12 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. For just as the body is one, yet has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body. There's one body, so too is Christ. Christ is the head of the one body. Not a universal body. 
It's a one body. It's a one body of believers. Now, yes, a part of many bodies, but what we're talking about here is the one body. And he says, for in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or slaves or free, we are all made to drink of the one spirit. For in fact, the body is not a single member, but many. If the foot says, since I am not a hand, I am not part of the body. It does not lose its membership in the body because there's the word membership in the body because of that. If Listen, and if the ear says, since I am not an eye, I am not part of the body. It does not lose its membership in the body because of that. If the whole body were an eye, what would do for the hearing? And if the whole, if the whole were an ear, what, would they, um, what part would exercise the sense of smell? But as a matter of fact, God has placed each of the members in the body. Look at that. The, the, the plurality, the single, in the body, just as he decided. You keep reading. And what he says there, and later on, uh, I went ahead and underlined all through the book of 1 Corinthians, every time the word church is used, in a church, you can see in verse 27, is a member, and it says, placed in the church purposefully placed there that's why listen when people come to our church y'all when people come to our student ministry and we love to see new faces hey you ready we love to see those new faces but what we want those people to understand and what we want you to understand is we don't want just to see you once in a while man we want to see you every time every sunday night every wednesday night every time we get together for that of a fellowship every time that we gather to go do something why because we're a body and listen, we need one another. I promise you, the eye needs the nose. It does. And I promise you, the foot needs the leg. It does. Or vice versa. Could you imagine that foot just flapping up through there? And you're like, what in the world? That's crazy. Guys, we need to have a proper, a biblical understanding. And Piper goes on to say, say this. Listen to what he says. Are you an accountable member of a local church? Question mark. Are you an, account, an, an, an accountable member of a local church? Not just is your name somewhere, but are you committed to discipline and being disciplined according to biblical standards? Not by your opinion, but by that of biblical standards. And he says this, have you publicly declared your willingness to be shepherded and to be led by the leaders of a local church? Let me tell you why that's a big deal. I'll pick on Joshua. Joshua is an attending person of our church. And Joshua, he, man, he attends all the time. He attends faithfully. And we're so happy to have Joshua. He's such a fine fella. But Joshua, one day we find that Joshua has fallen into some, some sin. And with that case, with Joshua falling into some sin, with Joshua not being a member of our church, it is impossible for us to go to Joshua and be able to do anything as far as church discipline is concerned because Joshua is not a member of our body. Now listen, we can go to Joshua and we can say, Joshua, what you're doing is wrong. Joshua, what, listen, you, you're really, but you know what Joshua could do? Joshua would say, well, what authority do you have over me? And what happens is, is we lose sight of the fact that there's health in the fact that there is that once you make an open confession that says, hey, I am willing to be under the authority or that of the leadership of this church. See, a lot of people don't want to be under authority. A lot of people want to be left as those lone rangers and they're just going out there. Yeah, you know, and then they could just bounce from church to church to church. 
Do you see yourself and your gifts as part of an organic ministering body? An organic, constantly moving, constantly growing. Do you show by your firm attachment to Christ's body that you are attached to Christ? Because listen, listen to these words. Paul Washer, during one of his... Um, y'all watch Todd Frill? I think his name, The Wretched Radio. That is a... Hey, listen, you, you want to listen, listen to Wretched Radio... <clears throat> the name in itself is pretty cool. Wretched Radio. All right. Uh, you need to listen to him. Todd, Todd Frill said, said this. He was interviewing Paul Washer about the value of church membership. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says these words. Paul Washer. He says, There is simply no way I can exaggerate the importance of the local church in the life of a believer. Guys, there's no way that he can exaggerate the importance of it. If you are not involved in a local church under its authority, under its care, under its teaching, listen to these words, then you are at present not in the center of God's will. I'll say it again. Paul Washer, as he's being interviewed about the, the, the importance of church membership, See, it's not just having your name. It's not just putting your name in a role. It's not just, hey, it's crazy. I, I don't know if y'all ever share the gospel with anybody, but I, I do as often as I possibly can get away from here. And as I do, man, I'll ask somebody, hey, man, do, do you know who Jesus Christ is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I go to church. Where do you go to church at? Well, I go to church so-and-so. And I'll go, well, who's the pastor there? <laughs> y'all, I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, they'll go, man, I, I, don't, I don't remember his name. And I'm thinking to myself, you're under, the, I know, right? That's my eyebrows. I'm like, you're under the authority. Let, let me read this again, what Paul says. You're under its authority, you're under its care, and you're under its teaching, and you don't know the name of that pastor? Paul says these words. This is why the word church, as you're reading it through the Bible, it matters. Watch what happens. There is simply no way I can exaggerate the importance of the local church in the life of a believer. There's no way that he can... Exp Listen, it is so important. If you're not involved in a local church under its authority, under its care, under its teaching, then you are at present not in the center of God's will. Because why, Pastor Scott? Why would you say that? Because it's, listen, it has been shown, it has been shown and it's been shown all through Scriptures the importance of being a part of a local body. To being a member. To be guided. To be disciplined. To be loved. To be cared for. To be, hey, you ready? To be taught. To, hey, guys, I, I'm telling you, when I, was, when I was your age, there was one man, he was not a part of my church, uh, there was one pastor that I remember very, very plainly. One was Pat Fortner. And Pat Fortner, I was in fourth grade when that dude was there. Pat Fortner would have been one that would have, been, that would have really poured into me. Now listen, I was still not the sharpest tool in the shed. I was the most dangerous, okay? I'll, be, I'll admit that. Then there was another man by the name of Billy Feltz. That guy, that pastor would have really poured into me as well. But there was another man that wasn't a part of our church. He wasn't a part, but he was an evangelist. His name would be Neil Hatfield. And Neil Hatfield would come to our church a lot. And you ready, guys? I could call Neil Hatfield up. I could call him up any time of the night. Hey, you ready? But Neil was a part of a local body as well. He wasn't a Lone Ranger. 
And what you and I need to see then is the importance of words as we're reading through the Scriptures. And that is it. You ready? Hey, the church, it does matter. That's why Paul was so broken. That's why he was so burdened for the shape that this church was in. And guys, listen to me. After the week that I've had, the same could be said to the shape that our churches are in today as well. Our pulpits are weak. But if our pulpits are weak, that also means our pews are even weaker. So my encouragement to you is this. Be a student of the Word. If you are here and you're a member of South River Baptist Church, there's no time then better than now to start serving. Use your gifts. Use your time. Use your talents. Grow in your faith. So that why? Well, one day when you do move off and you move your letter, you're moving up with a letter. And letters were used in the New Testament as well. That you can move. There was a letter of accommodate. Or what's that word? Accommodation? No. What's that word? Recommendation. Yeah, that one too. A recommendation. I think affirmation. They did, yeah. We'll do that one too. You'll want that letter. Because listen to me, ready? Your pastor, we do, we do send those. Listen to this, ready? But when someone comes to us, many times we'll call that pastor. Do you know that many times we get no phone call back? When we're trying to vet the member that's coming to us, what we have to do many times is, is we just have to really, we, we try to get something from the other church, we don't get it. And that's a shame because really the churches ought to be working together with one another to try to make sure. I, I, I talked about this and then, and, and then I'll hush. Um, a cow farmer. When a cow, fa- I'm not a cow farmer. I, I just want y'all to know that. I am not a cow farmer. I had cows one time, but I was not a cow farmer. We named him hamburger and steak. And that way when we killed him, what are we eating, daddy? Hamburger. It was easy. Not fluffy or chocolate bar. But I know that in in that business, there was other people that lived around me that I would buy cows from. And this is what they would do. They would go to the stockyard. They would go down here to 21 and they would buy a cow. When they brought that cow back to their barn or their field, you know what they did not do with that cow? They did not release that cow in their field and just let that cow go running wide open with their flock. You know what they did with that cow? They take that cow and they put that cow up. And what they do is they watch that cow for a week. They check that cow. They make sure that cow is healthy. They make sure that cow is is going to be good for the herd. And what they do is after a week or two of having that cow and observing that cow, you know what they do? They let that cow go back into the flock and they let it go with their herd. That, That is, hey, you ready? If a farmer is going to have that much care for his herd, don't you think a pastor ought to have that much care as well? or more for the souls of His people, for His flock. Because remember, there's many of wolves that are in sheep clothing. Father, we love You. We thank You for our day. We thank You for our many blessings. Be with us tonight as we go. Lord, may we love Your Word. May we love to study Your Word. May we love to to learn about Your Word. And God, we just thank You. And all these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen.